eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So you're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one. It is episode 39. It's the second half of our 2022 season recap. Last week, we planned to bring you this podcast today. Little did we know at that point that Jed Hoyer would be speaking to the media on Monday midday. So Crowley and I were able to listen to what Jed had to say. And Crowley was good enough to uh, edit up some video clips that we're going to take a listen to and we're going to analyze for you and along with you. Yeah, so Jed, you know, again, love the fact that you can watch this on Marquee now and see it and that the Cubs, uh, they even have it on YouTube for those people that, um, you know, can't get Marquee for whatever reason. And I thought that the press conference was good. I think I thought it was one of Jed's better press conferences. I mean, it's really hard to follow Theo Epstein. The guy, Theo Epstein, like people think he's going to go into politics or maybe, who knows, maybe be the commissioner. But he had such a great way of communicating. And, and look, Jed's just, you know, he's a very smart baseball man, but some, that communication factor and speaking in front of the press sometimes, it's not as easy as people think. And I think that uh, this was a good interview. And, and so the way that it works is Jed will start off kind of saying a few words about the state of the team, how things look this season. Um, and, and then he starts to answer questions. So this was Jed talking about the way that the season played out in his eyes. You know, we made a lot of trades um, in 2021. Uh, we had a lot of holes to fill. Uh, we were inexperienced. We lacked depth. Uh, and we played poorly. Um, there's no way There's no way around that. Uh, it was frustrating for all of us. Um, I was incredibly um, impressed, excited um, by the way we played in the second half. Uh, I thought we created some real momentum. Uh, some of those inexperienced players started to gain experience. Some of the depth that we've been uh, working to create for for several years uh, started to, uh, to to bear fruit, and um, there's a real sense of momentum in this building right now. Now, Crowley, I love I love the idea of the momentum. I I believe in that. I think there can be a carryover effect. I want to hear what you think in a minute, but I just it reminded me. I think it was last week or it was the week before, probably last week. And he's going to be on with us again tomorrow, John Heyman. Uh, maybe not tomorrow or Wednesday. He'll be on this week for sure. But John Heyman said he does not think a strong second half by the Cubs has any bearing on the 2023 season. And I respectfully disagree 
with John. Those young, those young pitchers, especially, they got experience that's invaluable. I mean, they got real big league, big time experience. I know the pressure wasn't on them at that point, but it's still pressure because if you don't do well, you're going to go back to the minors. So that you can't say that there was no pressure on them whatsoever. What, what do you think, Crowley? Does, does, is momentum a real thing, and can it carry over from one season to the next? You know, it's it's so tricky because you take a look, and Jed did address this in the interview, the first half schedule. I remember when it came out, and I looked at the month of May, and I said, oh, man, May and June just looked bad. A lot of really good team, Atlanta, the Yankees, all sorts of stuff. And then when you looked at the second half, didn't look as hard. Now, like you said, what ended up happening is that a lot of guys got injured and a lot of guys came up and they started to perform. They got invaluable experience. So are they going to be a really, really good team just because of how they finished? I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of it's going to depend on health. It's these guys, depending on how their off training schedule goes, what moves that they make. It, it, I think that they it, it provided them an opportunity to show that what they can do in the major leagues. And that way you can then tailor specific programs for these guys in the off season. So Christopher Morrell, here's what we saw that you did. Well, here's what we'd like you to work on. Hayden, this is what really looked good. Let's really focus on this. And, and a big part of it is these guys had to kind of learn how to go, you know, grind through 162 game season, not all of them, but Justin Steele, um, Keegan Thompson, those type of guys. So you you learn the toll that it takes on your body. Um, so I, I think that there's, they're going to be a better team because of it. I don't know if the momentum is going to just roll them into it. Um, but I think that they're going to be better off for having to kind of struggle through, uh, some of those difficult months. Yeah. Something else David Ross said was he was looking for the team to get stronger, physically stronger to get through the 162. And that, and that's, and that's such a big part of it, you know, Nico's had some injury issues. Um, say a first year in the major leagues is completely different than Japanese baseball. And I have a clip on that later. Um, and, and, and those young guys, it's, it's every, every progression. It's a real big step up when you go from high school to single A and from single A to high A to double A. But, but that, that, there's nothing like a major league baseball season with that grind that it takes on you. The toll, I, I, even people said about Patrick Wisdom, you know, it was really the first time he was relied upon to play a 162-game season. And so you really want to kind of bulk up, build up in the offseason to kind of last you th- those 162. Absolutely right. Absolutely so, right. You know, Jed was asked what a successful offseason would look like for him, and, and this is, was his answer here. I think, as I mentioned, you know, I think trying to trying to make sure that um, we view our transactions through the right lens, right? I think last season we talked a lot about intelligent spending, and I think we'll certainly look to do that again. Um, I want to build on the, on the momentum that we that we created at the, at the end of the year, but I know that we have you know, some holes to fill, and you know we'll be aggressive uh, to try to fill those holes in the best way possible. And I think we can um, we can definitely compete next year, um, and we also want to create something. You know, lasting and special, and so we're always going to have to keep those two things in mind. But I do believe that a successful offseason does involve, like you know, you know, filling those holes that we that we know we saw. Um, I thought the end of the season, um, you know, the, our pitching, uh, run prevention really stepped forward, and that was really gratifying to see. Um, you never have enough. I think we've we've talked about it year after year. We never have enough offensively, um, despite the fact that we were. 
that we played really well. Uh, we also didn't we didn't score enough. We didn't you know we, at times we were kind of banged up, but that exposed a lack of depth. So um, I think that's going to be a, a clear area of focus is um, you know making sure that you know our run scoring um, kind of you know, takes takes a step forward because this year towards the end, even as we were playing well, uh, we were lagging behind a bit. So that, that one right there I thought was interesting. Like, what holes do you think he's referring to? I mean, I think we're all pretty clear that first base is a giant hole for this team. Gaping. Gape, I would say it's a gaping hole. Um, I think center field is a potentially gaping hole. I, I don't think they want to play Christopher Morrell there for 115 games. I, I don't think that's what they want to do. Um, what are they doing at third base? Is Patrick Wisdom... The third baseman on the next great Cubs team, on the next Cubs competitive team, is Patrick Wisdom the answer at first base? Not if it's gaping, right? Um, there, there are some solutions within the farm system, but then what kind of pressure? Matt Mervis specifically at first base, is he ready to make that jump? Is he ready to become Anthony Rizzo? Boy, he sure sounds confident, but that's a big step up, and that's a ton of of pressure. I hope he could I hope he could slide in and fill in those shoes. Um wh- what are they doing at second base? What what's going what's going on there? That that's yeah. another question. And obviously they they've talked about and I know we're going to talk about it at nauseum and in a good way nauseum. But what are they doing with shortstop? There are all there are five big time free agents available at the shortstop position and Ken Rosenthal said the Cubs are are front and center at getting one of those five guys in here. That'll be exciting. Like, you know, you just, you can't have like your first base. I mean, you know, you, you heard it all growing up. You get, you get your power from the corners, you know, first base, third base, left field, right field. You get your speed up the middle is what you kind of look at, but that's kind of changed with the shortstop position, especially see a lot of home run hitters now at short, but you just could, that was, that was a real big problem is the, is the lack of slug on this team. And uh, Jed's going to talk, talk to people about, uh, you know, he's going to address that in the clip, but you know, you just, you can't have a team that just can't hit home runs. I mean, they're a big, you know, they're an important part of the game. You you want to make contact, you want to get guys on base, but you also have some, you have to be able to put crooked numbers up. And what do you do? What do you do with DH, right? I mean, on the other side of Chicago, all they talk about is that they've got a, a, a field of first baseman and DHs. And I'm not sure the Cubs have a first baseman or a DH as it stands right now. No, and and the only trouble is is that the ones we need from the White Sox they're not going to give us because we need a left-handed bat, and it looks <laughs> looks like looks so like Jose, <laughs> yeah, and so that's that's really kind of the issue right now. So, you know, there are holes, and and Jed addressed it, and some of them were filled, you know, by getting Stroman, by getting Suzuki, um, and, and some of them were filled internally, like like by Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson. So, you know, the hope is is some combination of signing some free agents and more players coming up it may not be at the beginning of the season but at some point in time you know hopefully these guys stay healthy you know Miguel Amaya unfortunately hasn't stayed healthy he was supposed to be in the Arizona Fall League um you know I know Brennan Davis was pulled out early uh, earlier from the AFL start uh, he had today he had one at bat and then he didn't come back out again so I'm hoping all is okay there but those are the little things that you kind of worry about yeah that's not good news on Brennan Davis that's for sure yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully nothing big. Hopefully, you know, he had an 11 or 12 pitch at bat and hopefully they're just giving him a breather. I don't know. But, you know, you look at those things and you see what you can do. 
The third video clip, I think, is the the one that Jed gets to kind of really toot his horn on. The pitching infrastructure really came through this season. If it's something that the Cubs can hang their hat on, it, it, it for the first time we're actually seeing homegrown pitching. And so Jed talked a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I think I think that pitching development is is something that we take you know great pride in, and it's also something I would note that you know you go back to, to 2019. Um, you know, we brought in Craig Breslow that year. He and you know Kyle Evans spent really the whole year, um, you know, looking at our pitching infrastructure and, and how we were doing things. And we really made a commitment to to make real changes in that area. And um, you know, we named we named uh, Craig the director of pitching in the in the fall of of 2019, and started this this process. And you know, fortunately, I think we kind of got delayed by a year like everyone did you know as we were trying to make those changes you know COVID hit and that was a, a strange year that way but um I think when you when you look up I think a lot of the things we saw in the second half of this year a lot of the success we had in the minor leagues throughout the year were those are seeds that were planted you know several years before and I think that's just the nature of our job that a lot of times the things that we're watching right now are things that we've been planning for a bunch of years um and, and this is no different um so I, I think we're we're really proud of that pitching infrastructure. Um, I also know enough to know that, yeah, there's no, there's no finish line there that uh, you can never have enough. And we need to, you know, talk about augmenting it through external transactions. Um, we need to talk about how we can continue to make um, the guys we have better um, because um, it was a good feeling for a few months to, to watch those young guys come up and succeed. And, um, you know, the, 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 the game planning, the execution of, of what you're trying to accomplish was really. So you, you listened to Jed there. I mean, th there's a couple things they read, they realized around 2019 that their infrastructure just didn't, wasn't working, wasn't happening, especially on the scouting and development side and draft, everything just kind of needed an overhaul. And you're, the two names you're going to hear is Craig Breslow for pitching and Justin Stone for hitting. And just seeing what the pitching has done it just and what Jed said, there is no finish line. It, it, you have to keep developing pitching. You stop, and that's one thing that the White Sox have been able to do for many, many years is develop their own homegrown pitching. You it can it can just do wonders for your team to just have these pitchers either a coming up and starting, whether they're in the bullpen or whether you're going to have them as trade assets. It, it's it's huge. Yeah, it's something we talked about too an episode or two ago. Tommy Hotovy with Molly and Haw saying. You can never have enough starting pitching, and Jed just basically echoed that same exact feeling. And it's it's not just enough; it's 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 just getting the waves. You got to keep you it has you know you're going to have some guys come up, but you have to have guys behind them and guys behind them, and everybody constantly trying to push forward to be successful. Right. You don't want to have to go out and buy an entire starting rotation in order to be good again. Well, that's what you had to do in 2016, 2017, right? Right. right. Exactly. Yep. You you were lucky. You got. The one thing you were able to do is you were able to steal Jake Arrieta and turn him around. But other than that, you had to buy you, – you bought Lester, you bought Lackey, uh, you bought you uh, Darvish later. You know, you're, you're going to keep paying for pitching. And that you know that the pitching is the highest-priced commodity. And that's where we get into Jed's next clip, talking about intelligent spending. And some people get spooked by that, and I understand why. You know, you get what, – what does that mean, intelligent spending? Um, I You know – I, I think people sometimes think, well, you're a big market team. Act like it. Spend like a drunken sailor. I, I, I don't know where you stand on this, but let's hear where Jed kind of has to say. Yeah. I mean, to me, intelligent spending um, 
involves making decisions that that make sense for you know that and i guess now the 2023 season um but also aren't going to hinder what we're trying to build you know and um the nature of baseball contracts um is challenging that way because um we've all seen contracts of of certain lanes that can that can really bog a team down and um it's easy to um to talk about you know the player you're acquiring but if you're but if if that if that contract ends up hindering the ultimate goal here which is to build something um special and sustainable and lasting then it wasn't a good transaction so that's sort of the lens i want to i want to look at everything through is that so uh who who are we thinking about there (laughs) contracts that bog people down right you know jason hayward right that that's the that's the obvious that's the obvious one um but i think you know, the important thing is, is something, again, this probably happened three or four weeks ago now, um, where Tom Ricketts made a comment and he said that basically what the ball is in Jed's court as far as spending goes. And Jed even said, Hey, as in a, somebody in my position who wouldn't want their owner saying that. So let's see what he does. That's right. been the thing. Like I, I've given Tom the, the, the rope, given him the length, given him the leash, whatever with slack, whatever word you want to put in there and I think he I, I I'm going to believe him that he's ready to give Jed um some more blank checks now Jed's gotta be the one who's creative and he's got some trading chips and we'll see how creative and how good he is at his job and again you know and it's not just the Cubs and Hayward I mean it's easy to kind of joke about that right but think about what think about what the Angels gave Albert Pujols to produce literally nothing Nothing. You know, Josh Hamilton was another one that went to the angels and cost a fortune. And sometimes, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, but, but you know, I, I, it gets really hard to try to tell people, you know, I, I've had people for years, Oh, we should trade Jason Hayward. I said, who the hell wants Jason Hayward in that contract? You have to be realistic. Well, sit him, bench him. You know, you can do that. Like they did at the very end of that contract, but how many years did we sit through that? Yeah, too long. But there, but there was one thing, right? You know, we you were we were at the game, right? Jason Hayward came out, was honored by the fans, took a ring out of his uh, back pocket, and went like that to the stadium. The place went nuts, right? So, and he was a big he was a big reason they won that World Series. He 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 wasn't you know the speech obviously is what he's going to be known for more than the play on the field. Well, but that obviously was important. Everybody gives a lot of credit to it. So Jed was talking about, so Jed was asked about the danger. And I think this is what you were kind of talking about with John Heyman saying of, of looking at those second half numbers and getting a little bit too excited. Uh, Jed wanted to make sure too, that he realizes that, that it wasn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that the Cubs are going to be world beaters next year. Yeah. Um, I think there is, I think that um, we are not, sort of independent race you can play sort of free and easy and i think that 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 matters um we played a really hard schedule uh in the first half um disproportionately so um and um our, our schedule is a bit easier in the second half um you know we did play really well against the phillies who are who are moving on i think we were six and zero against them we, we we swept the mets in new york so we did have some some really really good moments against against good teams but i do think it's important to to remember that um you know I, to look at to to probably realize that you know that some of what we saw in the first half um, was probably you know somewhat schedule related and injury related and, and some of the second half 
Uh, we have to keep in mind that, you know, guys were able to kind of play free and easy at, at the end. So, um, yeah, there is a danger in that. Um, and we have, to, we have to be mindful of that, of course. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. First, well, when... I, 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 I hate it, but I appreciate the fact that he's saying that, right? I mean, as a fan, you want to say, hey, listen, we are... The other thing, Crawley, this division that the Cubs play in, very winnable, okay? Very winnable. I'm not saying they're 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 close to being a World Series caliber team, but they are definitely close to being a playoff team. Yeah, and you have those extra playoff teams, and I and I think like I you know just what Jed said is, what if Wade Miley and Smiley and Hendricks and all those guys never got hurt, mm-hmm. right? Let's look at it in, in an alternative lens type thing, you know. And, and what if the schedule was a little bit more balanced between the first and second half? Would we have ended up with the same win total? That, that, that's what you have to look at. I think in general, the plan was get Miley Smiley, have him do really well, trade him off, trade everybody else off. And then you would have kind of, you would have, you would have started off the first half. Good. Maybe even close to a playoff spot. And then all of a sudden you would have traded everybody and it would have been similar to 2021. Instead, those guys get injured. And then the, the first half's a mess, but then guys start to step up. They learn their roles. They improve a little bit. And then you have a really good second half. So kind of a flip of what was expected. Um, but one of the things that Jed talked about, and we talked about the holes that the Cubs have on this team, is the lack of slug. And and it, it, I'm glad he acknowledged it, but because we all saw it, but but glad that he was kind of out there saying something. I mean, it's certainly an area, we, we, as we talked about throughout the season, you know, we have to be a much, little, little quicker strike offense than, than we were. You know, we I, I like the fact that we're making more contact, um, I did think there was times you know, we grinded our at bats, but we just had the we we had we lacked the ability to to pull away in different games, and uh, that's something we have to we have to get better about. We played uh, we played so many close games throughout the year because we couldn't stretch games out, and um, that really taxes the, the bullpen, and this, it leads to to more randomness. You know that the, the best teams in baseball blow people out, and uh, one run games are always going to center around five hundred. That's a the baseball truism, you know, that, you know, one run games are usually you know, generally a 50, 50 proposition, sometimes a little better if you have a great bullpen, but, um, great teams blow people out. And, um, that's that, as we think about where we want to be eventually, that is, that is a big focus that, um, you've got to be able to score runs in bunches. And we were not, not able to do that this year. The runners in scoring position stats way up. And I, I looking at these stats, 54 and 25 when scoring four or more runs. So just score five runs every game, and you should be in the postseason next year. Five or more. Right. And 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 the and the big thing is the close the amount of close games that we played. And we talked about it so much, Dustin, over the season. They 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 left runners on base, they had opportunities, and once you end up doing that. Again, you tax your bullpen and and look at what he said. 500 one-run games the Cubs were 26 and 27. They're right on two, it. Yep. Two-run games 17 and 21. Extra inning games 7 and 12 and like you said 54 and 25 when scoring four or more, but when they scored fewer than four runs, 
19 and 63, Dustin. Yeah, that, that's a very, <laughs> very telling statistic. 19 and 63. 19 and 63. So that, that's the thing is, is you're, you're talking about how many games is that? Two, 82 games. Half, you know, almost half, half a season. season. That you scored fewer than four runs in, in a, you know, you, you got to be able to get more offense. And the whole goal of this team was to make more contact, but you have to be able to get it out of, out of the ballpark sometimes. Um, Video Clip 7 is, is talking about extensions. I want your opinion on this one right here. I'd say that we've, um, we've taken the first steps. Um, as you guys know, we're not going to talk about it once we, once we do, but um, you know, certainly there are players that we'd, we'd love to – to keep in, in a cubby form for a long time. And uh, hopefully we can uh, work hard on those and, and, and get some across the finish line. The two extension that he's referring to, he was asked about Ian Happ and Nico Horner. I think Dustin, I know where we both kind of lie on Nico Horner there. Let's get this young man extended. I like what he brings. I like his leadership. I, I see what he does on the field. He's, I think he's a winner hundred percent. I, I agree. It's just, I don't, Here's what I don't want. I don't want Nico Horner playing 130 games at shortstop. Now, Ian Happ is the one that has me more nervous. Um, this was his first really, and Jed talked about it, beginning to end good, solid season. The Cubs right now, and I know they're prospects, and you're, you're taking a gamble on it, but the Cubs offense, I mean the Cubs hitters, that their, their best prospects are all outfielders. Yeah, Brennan loaded. Davis. They, they are loaded with outfield prospects. Yes, Brennan Davis, PCA, uh, Owen Casey. These are guys that you're going to see in the next 12 to 24 months. Okay? You give Ian a big contract. You got Seiya on the other side. Now you have only one outfield spot. What do you want to do with that? That's what has me a little bit concerned about the potential of an extension for Hap. That's why I don't think they are going to offer Hap an extension, and they will trade him next season. Do you think Hap has any value to the Cubs as a third baseman or no? No, I don't think so. I think, no. you know, it's it's good to have those guys as bad. You know, Ben Zobrist was a unicorn, man. That guy could play great everywhere and clutch hit. And God, was such a huge part of that 2016 team. But some guys, you know, I just, the defense needs to be better in certain areas. And you just, it's pitching and defense. That's what's going to win you ballgames. And, and I just don't want to keep kind of shoehorning guys into positions that they don't fit in. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, number set, video clip, the next video clip talks about Nico at shortstop, which I think is what your concern is right here. And the question of, is that where Nico is, where they planning to keep Nick, Nico? I mean, we have total confidence in Nico's ability to play shortstop. I and mean, he, he proved that this year, but, but you're right. Like the game is, is about to trend more athletic, um, you know, getting rid of the shift will we'll, we'll, we'll force that. Um, some of the base running rules will we'll force that. So, um, yeah, I think that, that that will certainly be a focus for us and probably for 20 other, 29 other teams as well as they think about their offseason. But as far as the ability to play shortstop, I thought Nico did a, did a terrific job this year. And I don't see any reason why he won't continue to get better as he gains experience and continues to, to work hard with Andy Green. Um, I think he'll, uh, he'll only get better there. But, um, but you're right, like, Yes, the, the, the way the game is trending, um, athleticism in the middle infield will, will make a big difference. Do you expect to be in Jed Hoyer's lying to us, Crowley, okay? Not going to do that. But we would have a massive story on our hands right now, 5 o'clock in the afternoon on the 10th day of October. If earlier today, about five hours ago, Jed Hoyer had said, 
Nico Horner has got no shot at playing shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. We'll see if he can be an above average second baseman. I and mean, I that, think, right? I mean, I'm saying he, he that that's the only that's the only thing he that he has to answer that question the way he did. We just have to decide if we can read through the camouflage, if you will. You know, he said more athletic. Okay, I think Nico busts his rear end on every single play, and I love that from a guy. But when you're the shortstop in baseball and they're taking away the shift, I don't think Nico has enough athletic ability to play 130 plus games at shortstop. I, I'd agree with you there, and I think that's kind of what Jed was kind of like just dropping little hints, like, "Look, these rule changes That was my Jed decoder, right? Like that's that's yeah. me putting that's me taking the answer that Jed said and putting it through my little decoder, and that's what I came up with. They really like Nico Horner. Who doesn't like Nico Horner? But do you like Nico Horner with new rules coming out, 130 plus games at shortstop? I don't. And and not only not only that, but you also have you know. It's not like you're just sitting there and you're you're looking on the scrap heap for shortstops. Right. It's the free agents market is flushed with them, and you know you can love Nico Horner. I love Nico Horner, but if you're telling me who's a better hitter, Carlos Correa or Nico Horner, I mean, you know you, you got to say to yourself, let's be realistic. Again, when you're talking about needing pop, that's a place that you could easily add some more run. You know, you 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 and moving Nico to second, you improve yourself defensively and offensively. Um, we had a clip of uh, Jed talking about his boss, Tom Ricketts, and will there be some money? Especially given the size of the transactions I think you're alluding to. But I know that if I present Tom with uh, a plan uh, to do something like that, um, I know I have his support. And you know, he's really, really good about, about pushing Carter and pushing me to um, for answers in, in terms of asking the right questions. Um, making sure that you know, we're thinking about things the right way. Um, but I, I have total confidence that um, if we get to a place where um, we ask for a significant amount of money or, or to sign one player or several players, I have, I have no doubt that um, we'll have his blessing and I have no doubt the resources will be there. Now that's the clip, Crowley. There it is. That's the clip we need to hold on to. Okay. okay. That's the clip every Cub fan needs to play and remind themselves when we get to Cubs con in a couple of months, what have the Cubs done? What have they spent? What are they rumored to be spending? These are going to be very important things. When I take a look at it, you're looking at, it's a question of what comes first. You put the cart before the horse. Do you want to see what you have with the young guys and then really start going on a spending spree? Or do you want to, start spending now and he would, I mean, I'm looking at this as kind of a a two way street here that I'm kind of looking at here is that you will have Jason Hayward's contract off the books after 2023. Marcus Stroman is a, you potentially don't have to pay him in 2023. There's opt outs there. So you could be absolutely flush with money. Um, I think, you know, how ready is this team compete? How many holes do you think they have to fill? And do you need to fill them all at the free agent market? Or do you want to kind of leave yourself a little wiggle room to see what Matt Mervis is? Do you want to leave yourself a little bit of wiggle room to see if you can get, you know, uh, Brennan Davis and PCA and Saya all in the same outfield? Boy, that that's really... Uh, I mean, how, how would you feel if the starting... if that was the starting outfield next year? 
as far as Brennan PCA and uh, Saya? Yeah. I mean, it sounds fun, but you know, right. it sounds fun. It sounds interesting. <laughs> but if they started out April four and 12, how fun and how interesting would that really be? Right. So the question is, is, are you looking to, to, you know, kind of sign solid? Like, like I said, I keep looking at the, that contract that um, they got Stroman. It was a pretty good deal and it was, wasn't a, a, a ton of years. You know what I mean? So that you're not blocking somebody. Um, and so I guess that's what I wonder about is, is what route they're going to go here. And he talked about either one big contract or signing a bunch of kind of mid-tier contracts. Um, so he's, he kind of talks about it and I won't play this clip, but it, it's, he talked about that some of the big deals that people, obviously John Lester was a big deal, right? You know, signing John Lester was, was huge. He said, but people don't remember before that it was kind of some of the smaller deals the the Dexter Fowler, you know, who was a big Dexter Fowler fan before 2015, you know what I mean? And, you know, Colorado and, you know, he wasn't on anybody's radar as being no. this big signing. What about Miggy Montero? Another kind of guy that was a very solid ball player that was a key contributor to 2016. Yep. Um, so you look at this and, and, and are there going to be more of those type of moves, a big splash move, a combination? I don't know. Yes. Please go find another Dexter Fowler. I would be all for that. Love uh, Dexter Fowler. <laughs> well, talking about, you know, um, a guy that we may have forgotten about a little bit, Kyle Hendricks here. Yeah. Um, you know, I know he's feeling good. Um, he hasn't started, you know, actively throwing, you know, at this point, you know, he's going to try to have a normal off season. Um, I know talking to him, he has, you know, extensive goals this off season about, um, not only you know, trying to get back to his, to where he was, but also to, to continue to, you know, to try to get better. Um, but yes, I think as we, as we view it, I mean, he didn't, he didn't pitch at the end of the season. Um, I have all the confidence in the world that he'll do everything he can to, to, to be, the pitcher he has been for us, you know, since, since 2014. But um, obviously there's, there is a level of uncertainty with anyone that misses the, the second half of the season. Sounding, Where? sounding, not super confident. Is that what you two, picked? I was going to well, ask two, you that. two times, two times, somebody that missed the second half of the season, two times, not throwing yet. Listen, I mean, who's not a fan of Kyle Hendricks, right? I mean, if you're not a fan of Kyle Hendricks, who are you a fan of? I mean, couldn't be a nicer person. Couldn't have pitched in bigger moments for Chicago Cubs teams that have done really well. I just wonder if just every, if he just got old, like really quick, baseball old, I mean, if the bottom just fell out overnight, like the transmission literally just dumped itself out on the Eisenhower as you were going down the road, if you will. Now there was a ton of clips that I could have played. And one of them that I didn't, grab was one about him talking about Miley and Smiley and the, the idea that both of them are great pitchers. Both of them didn't pitch enough, unfortunately, this season, right. but obviously would welcome them back. You just wonder again, are you going to try to give that another run of the Miley Smiley twins or is that moved on? And again, you can't have too much pitching. Is Kyle Hendricks going to be ready to go out of the gate in April? Don't know. Drew Smiley. Yes. Wade Miley. No, for me. Now, the obviously the big question that everybody is wondering about, Wilson Contreras, uh, again, going with the hat tips at the last homestand and the large ovations. And here we go with uh, Jed's answer. Um, yeah, I mean, we had a great conversation with Wilson the other day. You know, we've always had a really good relationship. And um, I mean, I admire how he competes and I, I admire the passion. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll definitely make him a qualifying offer. 
um, we'll, we'll be in touch with his, his representatives. And, you know, as far as his, his comments and things like that, I, you know, I'll, I'll take the comments he, he sort of makes to me directly, you know, not, not those. And, um, like I said, I've, I've really enjoyed, you know, I've always enjoyed our relationship and I've, um, I've really enjoyed watching him grow from a, you know, I remember watching him play in Boise in 2012. And, um, you know, I think whenever you, you know, we've, he's been doing the Cubs for a long time and, um, you know, I'll, I'll sort of take those, those comments and what we, what we've talked about. Take them and do what with them, Jed? I, I, I mean, I gotta tell you this story now that the season is done, Crowley and you and I talking before we started the pod podcast, Bob Nightingale saying that there is no chance that Wilson Contreras is back as a Chicago Cub. I have Wilson Contreras and Cub relationship fatigue. I'm burnt out on it. I, I want this to go one way or the other. Of course, I want him to be here. I want him to stick around. Um, I think he's important. I think the Cubs are, he's the type of guy that could put the Cubs into a team that could play at this time next year. But I have massive Wilson Contreras fatigue. Yeah, the the whole situation was a mess. I don't think the Cubs thought they would be here. I don't think Wilson thought they would be at this point, and I don't think the fans thought we would be at this point where, you know, it, it was so bizarre just the way that all played out. And we'll talk about the Mets, but, um, you know, just stunning that that a trade wasn't made and it was, it was not made probably for dumb reasons on New York's side. Um, but, I, I boy... You know, he, he they're going to make the offer. But for Wilson, Wilson knows as a catcher, especially at his age, and he can play first, he can DH, he needs that multi-year contract. He's looking four or five years. The Cubs are not going to do it. Um, you know, I just don't – they've made it very clear that he's not wanted. Wilson said it, and, and you know, Jed said, well, you know, he never said that to me. But, you know, your actions speak louder than words. And, and it's been clear from day one. They haven't talked to him about extensions forever. They were going to go to arbitration almost with him this season. They tried to trade him and didn't. Why anyone thinks that that he would take an $18 million qualifying offer? If that happened, then he got really re – if that happens and he accepts it, he's, got, he's gotten screwed in the free market, man, because, you know, you think he can get like 30, 45 at the very least, and even that would be disappointing. I could see him trying to get 40, you know – $80 million for four years would, would be what he would like. Uh, maybe it's going to be closer to 60 million, but you know, the Cubs are going to offer the 18. And if he takes that, that's going to be, you know, I just don't see it happening. 